Hey friends, welcome to the Empowered Homes podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families by connecting church and home. And I'm sitting on Zoom uh, with author extraordinaire Andy Clapp. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Hey Bobby, thank you for having me today. I'm excited. We're going to talk about your book. I got it right here in studio. Uh, it, it's It looks cool, feels cool, but it, it's a 40-day devotional called In the Eye of the Storm, Withstanding the Fury of Life's Storms. I think every listener listening can go, yeah, I, yeah I've been through a storm. We've, we've been through that, and this is a, a great resource. We're going to jump into this, but before we do that, Andy, man, tell me your story. Tell me about yourself. Uh, well, I grew up here in North Carolina, uh, where I still live. Uh, gave my life to Christ at seven years old. Uh, walked away from Him uh, in my teenage years. Uh, went through a lot. You know, my parents separated and divorced, um, and I really began to struggle with understanding that um, my heavenly Father doesn't leave. And the, the outcome of my life at that point really started, the trajectory went down when I walked away from Jesus. Um, I did the religious game because that's what my mother wanted was I needed to be in church. And so I went to church and um, until I got to college and then, you know, I'd go when I had a, you know, had a reason to, uh, I guess you would say when I could get some, you know, if I could make an excuse or something, or if I needed to get out of trouble, because that's a lot of times how we treat the Lord is, okay, I don't need you until I'm in something I can't get out of. <laughs> and that's what I did. Hmm. And in December of 98, uh, the Lord got a hold of me and um, brought my life back around. Uh, the storm that I was in in 98 was one of, um, I had, I just believed there was no value to my life anymore. And at that point, um, in December of 98, it was December the 4th of 98, I had made the decision to take my own life. Wow. Um, I didn't see any purpose um, in me being alive. I didn't see any purpose. And, and I really thought there was no worth um, in my life at all. Hmm. And um, the Lord intervened that night. And I'll never forget it. I was in the apartment uh, in college. And I will never forget that moment when uh, the Lord got to me and I said, all right, Lord, it's yours. If there's any worth to me, let it be used for you. Hmm. And uh, I went into the ministry from there. I've been in ministry for 22 years now. Hmm. Um, and uh, from there, it's been, you know, it's all been the Lord's faithfulness and the Lord's goodness and I'm thankful for who he is, man, because I'm not where I am if he's not who he is and if he wasn't where he was that night. Mm. So most of our listeners are, are parents. And um, as, as we're as I'm hearing this in 98, um, man, if, if if you'd be so vulnerable, uh, could you share just what the Lord spoke to you in your apartment? To, to really pull you out of that. Yeah, it was, um, I had this, sorry, give me a second. I'm sorry, man. Um, I had gone through life and realized that it seemed like, um, 
almost everything and everyone important walked away. And, and for me, it became, it began to be this, this time in my life, Bobby, where I was like, okay, if, if I'm not worth you staying, then I'm not worth anything. And I will never forget in that apartment that night, the Lord so clearly, and it wasn't the audible voice, you know, it was, but I could hear the still small voice of God. And he said, I never left you. You left me. Mm. And, and right there in my room, um, was a cross and, and, where it had come from, I don't. I don't even remember where that cross had come from. I don't know because I went to a Christian school, and I don't know if it was a chapel service or what. But I remember that cross sitting there on that desk, and the minute I got a glimpse of that cross, you know, the seeds that were planted early in my life that you were bought with a price hmm. came into clear view. Yeah, you know, my own view of myself and, and the, and the enemy's lies said, yeah, you're not worth anything, but God reminded me that he had never walked away. I had just chosen to run the opposite direction. Hmm. And, um, and that's what, and that's when it changed was that I found my value in my heavenly father for probably the first time in my life. And it, it radically transitioned how I viewed my life. And I wish, I'm going to be honest with you, Bobby, I wish I had gone to youth group for so many years. I mean, I really had and, and, and had been faithful in youth group and all those things. And I wish that the point would have been driven home more. And my understanding is that I'm still close to my youth pastors from yeah. back then. That was 30 years ago. Um, but I wish the point would have been driven home more back then how to find your value mm-hmm. in the Lord because I didn't yeah. and, and I didn't get it a- until that night. And uh, and the growth part of, of faith was important too, that we're growing in our faith so that, you know, Jesus says, remain in me and, and or abide in me mm-hmm. and I abide in you. And he says that without that, that we're not going to produce fruit in our lives. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And that was so true because my life was headed nowhere. I mean, it was really headed nowhere. But once I reconnected with Christ and really got my life back into that foundation, that's when it it really took off. Yeah, man, that's just a powerful understanding of your identity and who God says that you are. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of parents like, just thinking of my own kids of, you know, yes, I want my kids to be in God's word. Yes. I want my kids to grow in their faith. Yes. I want my kids to, to go to church and do all these spiritual things. But unless we pour into them, their identity um, Mm -hmm. of who God says that they are and living out of their identity, uh, Mm -hmm. they're just doing a bunch of tasks instead of, uh, living out of their identity because if i'm a son of the the father out of that identity i want to spend time with him out of that identity i want to read my bible i want to go to church out of that identity it's kind of like the uh the whole thing like i i don't work out to to 
lose 15 pounds. I work out because I'm an athlete. Like my identity is an athlete. I, I don't do these things because, uh, you know, I, I have a goal. I do these things because I rest in the fact that I have value and worth and, and, and dignity because of what he says I am. And that's, that's such a powerful lesson, uh, that I, I agree, man. I wish we could spin that and, 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 you know, I've been in ministry for, for 20 years. And I think now we're, we're starting to teach that with our kids and in our churches of, of understanding their identity. A lot of our, our youth ministry and children's ministry is behavior modification, you know, do this, do yeah. that. Uh, but really go into the heart of it is key. Well, it's, it's also performance rather than personal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What works can you perform rather than who are you? Yeah. And that's, that's where that dividing line comes in, to be honest with you, is when I know who I am in Christ, then I, you know, I live according to that identity. Yeah. If I don't, then I try to work myself to being, yeah. you know, that, you know, whatever perceived idea I have of a Christian. Yeah. No, man, that's so good. So 98 pivotal moments, God grabs hold of your heart, your life, and then you surrender to ministry. Fast forward, man. Like, tell me about your your family. Tell me about all of those things. Like how, how did God bless uh, the, the next 30 years? He taught. How about that? He yeah. has taught everything since. Um, I harbored a lot of bitterness. I mean, it's a God story all over it. And I give him the glory for every bit of it because I couldn't do it on my own. Hmm. Um, in, in 2005, I was still harboring bitterness uh, uh, towards uh, my stepmom. And one night the Lord hit me, said, you've got to forgive her. And I was like, I do not want to do that. He was like, well, you need to do that because your life's stuck in a rut still uh, on that end. You know, still, you know, growth was happening and Lord was doing stuff in ministry. But there was still that thing that was kind of holding me back. And I got in the car one night and drove an hour and a half to her house. And I said, look, I forgive you. And um, I said, I just, you know, I'm laying this down. I'm not carrying this anymore. Uh, and I went to my dad and told him the same thing. I said, I forgive you. I'm done with this. I'm not, I'm not going to be bitter and angry anymore. Three weeks later, I met my wife. Wow. Um, and, and we got married, uh, two and a half years after that. I have three kids. Uh, I have a 10, eight and a two year old because the doctors told us we couldn't have any more kids. And God said, I will show you what <laughs> I can do. And here came the little boy. Yes. So I got three, uh, three awesome kids. I love my uh, my oldest two are girls, and my little boy's named Brady, and uh, he's a he's a cool little guy too. Uh, and yeah, and God has had me here at this church um, that I minister at now for ten years. I've been the pastor, the senior pastor, for ten years here. And uh, this past Sunday, I got to baptize uh, my two oldest girls, and so wow. we are celebrating uh, the faithfulness of God because He did. He changed the story. Yeah. Uh, the storm would have gotten me had it not been yeah. that he was the calm in it. Man, what a powerful redemption of, you know, I always, I kind of, my tagline when I talk, man, God's in in the business of bringing restoration and yeah. he restored you and, and, and now you're living for him and, and the blessings that come from that. But the storm was real. The storm was, yeah. was, was legit. Um, and taking the time to to process through that um i think for all of us when storms hit like there there is a process so with that let's transition man tell me about this book uh 40 day devotional in in the eye of the storm where does this come from tell me the story behind it 
it was a sermon series. I, I was at church one Sunday morning uh, getting ready to preach, and uh, we were singing the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And if you know the backstory on that hymn, it is incredibly powerful. Uh, I encourage your listeners to to really look up the backstory on how that hymn came into being. Uh, because the writer of the hymn had basically lost everything and still was saying it as well with my soul. And um, I was sitting there that Sunday and we're singing it and, and you know, it was 150 people, 180 people singing it as well with my soul. And I stopped for a minute. And I thought, is it really? Hmm. Because I was looking around and like to my left, there was one couple having, you know, marital issues and another was having financial issues. There was a, there was a lady that had just lost her mother. And, and I knew the grief she was carrying around. There was another family who had lost a child. Uh, we had two people in about four weeks time that were diagnosed with cancer. And, and, and I'm not talking like this wasn't like 80 year old folks or anything like that. Uh, one was in her late thirties and the other one was 50 and it was, was her fourth recurrence of cancer. And I, I was sitting there and, and everybody's still singing. And I was, I, I just started praying. I was like, Lord, how do we reach them? Because every one of their situations is different. Every one of them is at a different place and a different type of storm. How in the world do we reach them? And so we launched a series at that point called In the Eye of the Storm. And, you know, really withstanding the fury of the storms that we face in life. And it started as an eight-week series. And we got such great feedback. I mean, uh, the people who were going through these things were coming up to me afterwards. And it's amazing to me too, how the Lord, when we're ministering, the Lord is at the same time ministering to the minister because there were things that I'm going, you know what? I never dealt with that. And I need to deal with that. That was coming up as we're going through this series. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I like how you're stepping on my toes, you know, Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, you're using this uh, for other people. And um, and after that, the Lord just hit me with it. This needs to be a book because people are struggling. Mm. Uh, people are absolutely struggling. And uh, the first publisher we sent this to, which was in-game press, they said, yeah, we want this. And um, and a lot of it, a lot of it took shape during the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm like, this is even more of a struggle because nobody knew how nobody knew how to endure that because that is not God's design for us. God did not create man to live in isolation. Yeah. You know, I mean, really he, he blessed and, um, he really, um, blesses relationship even from the beginning with Adam and Eve, you know, relationship is created by God. And, and when we were all cut off from each other, I was like, man, here comes more storms. Yeah. And 100%. so we took eight weeks and turned it into 40 and just, Tried to pivot people because here's the thing, Bobby, I believe this full, full fledged. The enemy uses the situation to get our focus off of the savior. Mm. Because when, when I'm looking at all the situations swirling in my life, I'm overwhelmed. But when my eyes are on Jesus, then that's when the anxiety begins to subside. That's where the peace begins to come in. That's where I know that no matter what, he's in control of the outcome. Yeah. And so I can trust him in the storm that he will get me through it 
and that he will produce what needs to be produced. Man, say that again. The situation does what? This The enemy uses the situation to get our eyes off the Savior. That's so good. And, yeah. and, and what I mean by that is that if I'm looking up right now, okay, let's just say uh, today, okay, if I'm looking at my life right now, okay, maybe we're having some struggles at home with uh, our finances, and maybe there's some things at my job that, are, you know, some little situations. Well, all of a sudden these things begin to swirl. If I'm noticing that the enemy says, look, you got all this happening to you. All this is going on in your life. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? It's not what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus and what he can do about it. Mm. When we try to do it on our own, all we do is deplete ourselves even more. Yeah. We weren't created to fix everything. If we were, yeah, yeah, I mean, ultimately, why would we need a savior if we can fix everything? Exactly. And And so, and I think for a lot of us too, we, we are pretty good at, at fixing a lot of stuff. And so we mm -hmm. can, we can look back and, and do a lot of things, especially in ministry. We we can look back because we're performers, we're whatever it is that we, we, we're good at our, at our duties. And so we can look back and see all the things that we've done and God's not in any of it. Mm-hmm. And, and being led by him, allowing him to lead us through this and keeping our eyes on him is key, man. That's a, that's huge. I like that. I'm going to steal that. That's a, yeah. that, that's a, a good point, man. Well, in the book, tell me how, like, it, it's such a unique way that you put each day in the devotional together. Tell me kind of the thought behind that too. Well, I got to notice that, okay, I'm a hurricane uh, fanatic, I guess you would say. I, I don't, we don't necessarily like, but I'm intrigued by hurricanes. Uh, I live in North Carolina, so we get them. Because yeah. if you ever look at a map, notice how North Carolina, we stick out. Yeah. So ones that would normally just miss, we catch them. Um, and so I've gone through a ton of hurricanes here um, in North Carolina in my life. And then I've watched coverage of others. And notice how everyone was distinct. Just like every storm in our life is unique. Like they're not all the same. And, and so I started looking at, okay, what were some of the factors? Like uh, Hurricane Harvey was one in the Texas area yeah, that, that's you know. That's where we're at. It hit us. It, it, okay. Yeah. So you remember that. And yeah. and and just the flooding yeah. was just immense. And sometimes, you know, the storms of life feel like that. Like it's just a flood and we're, how are we getting through this? Well, we're not getting through this on our own if we're not holding on to Jesus in the middle of it. Um you know, we used a lot of other ones. I used one personal one, Hurricane Fran. Um, I stayed. I, I went to uh, college near the coast of North Carolina. And I don't know about you guys, but at 19, I was not the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> and some friends of mine said, hey, let's ride this thing out. It'll be fun. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And uh, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even like a four or five. I think it was a three, maybe. Maybe it's two. Uh and that was probably the lo- one of the longest nights of my life because the barometric pressure dropped so low that you they had these solar dust dome lights and the pressure on our apartment building was so you know it was weighing down so much that you could see the cracks the the door frame was cracking enough that that light would come in just a little bit and i about halfway through that night i was like we're not getting through this hmm. We're not getting through this. I mean, we're not making it. By the grace of God, we did. 
but it was like, you know, I, I talked about how that created a storm of doubt in my life and we all face doubts. Yeah. But you know, the story I used with that was Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Thomas is, is famous for, this is what we know him for is for his doubts. But did you notice that Jesus didn't rebuke his doubt? Jesus, when, when Thomas doubts, Jesus said, what's it going to take for you to believe? He said, if you need to stick your fingers in my hands, do it. If you need to run your hand into my side, do it. Whatever it's going to take for you to believe, I want you to believe. And that's when Thomas just breaks and he's like, yeah, Lord, I believe. Hmm. And, and, you know, I think for us is a lot of times we're so focused on the doubts that we're not seeing how the Lord is, is proving himself over and over to erase those doubts. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the model we took for the book was, you know, all these different storms had different qualities. Um, and so it's similar to our storms. They all have different qualities. Yeah. It's, it's so well done. I, I, you know, it's got a lot of great pictures and stuff in here too. If you're, you're intrigued by, um, just that, but also you, you have stories of real people. Um, and I think, you know, I love just even hearing your story and connecting to that. I, I love hearing from, from real people. Uh, it, it just, again, we're designed to do this together. We're not designed to be in isolation. And so when we hear others, it, it almost gives us the power to, okay, they did it. We can too. Um, and, Absolutely. And so it, 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 it encourages us and, and challenges us. And, and so in the, the devotional, um, let's say, you know, mom, dad listening, they get a copy of this, you know, what's your heart and desire for them to go through these 40 days and at, at the back end of it, like, what, what do you say, you know, I want them to get blank like out of this. What, what's your, what's your heart there? Um, number one, I want them to have hope and, and that hope, not, not some abstract, but concrete hope in Jesus Christ hmm. because he is present. He is not, we are not serving a distant God or anything like that. The Lord is present with us in these storms that we go through. Uh, my hope is that it will build a foundation in their lives so that when the storms come, they can withstand them. Have you ever noticed that at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus does? Jesus gives a, an illustration of two people. And he says, you know, the people who hear my words and act on them are like a wise builder. And, you know, who builds their house on the rock. And, and then he says, the people who do not, or like foolish builder who builds their house on the sand. But have you ever looked at that scripture close? Both builders endure the same storm. Mm. Jesus describes the storm the same, but both have a different outcome. Wow. One stands, one collapses. I want them to stand, to stand on the authority of the word of God, to stand in the power of Christ to withstand everything the world throws at us, everything Satan throws at us, that Christ has the power to help us stand, but to have that hope that even as the storm is raging, it's not based on what they can do to get through it, but they have the, they have the one they need in Christ to get through it. That's powerful, man. And it goes back to what you said earlier of, of keeping your eyes on, on the savior and yeah. in the middle of the storm. And I think it's so timely, um, to, you know, think about the last 
two, three years we've been through with the pandemic and social unrest and just the, the political uh, mess that we're in and now recession and financial burdens and, you know, can't even go to the grocery store without like having to take out a second mortgage. Like families are hurting yeah. and, and going through storms on top of everything that they're already going through. And so for us to encourage our listeners and anyone listening uh, in the middle of the storm, who, who are you keeping your eyes on? I think that's such a, a key and to know that there's hope. Um, yeah. That's the power of, of this devotional man of, of even in the midst of these crazy storms, there's always hope if we keep our eyes fixed on the savior. Um, it's so good. Uh, so Andy, uh, I've got a copy. I got my copy, but if someone's listening and they want to grab a copy of this devotional, where, where do they get it? Uh, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it straight from Endgame Press. You can get it at christianbook.com, uh, any of those places. Awesome. If anybody wants uh, any information on you, uh, you've got other books out there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and uh, me and Michelle Medlock Adams had a, a springtime devotional that came out this year. I uh, had a novel uh, that is a modern retelling of Hosea. Uh, loosely based on Hosea that came out last year called Midnight Christmas Eve. Uh, so yeah, they, I've got a few out there. Yeah. Um, and they can find me at andyclap.org. That's two P's. Andyclap.org. Andyclap with two P's.org. Andy, thank you for your time today. I'm, I'm super encouraged by your story and this book and the devotional. And I, man, I just hope that, that uh, everyone who reads this will, will be blessed too. So Andy, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Bobby.